Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and we're going to drink till the end of the world. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys. And this week we are reading Good Omens by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett, starting with a beer called Counterpart by Three's Brewing. This could apply to a couple different things, I suppose. Mostly to the areas in your kitchen. Counterpart? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. <laughs> I hate you. We also wrote, did this one for the novelization of Home Improvement. Roo, he said. Roo, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You guys want some cocaine? <laughs> We're making them sound like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> kind of did sound like Scooby-Doo. Jesus Christ. Okay. It just says pale ale on here. That's the only details you that get. Is well, that's very what it accurate. Like. It's pretty basic. Pretty pale. If this beer were any more basic, it would wear Uggs and uh, have pumpkin spice lattes. Friends is its favorite TV show. Oh, yeah. It's fine. It's pale ale. That is exactly what this mm-hmm. is. It's yeah. completely adequate and fine. I am not qualified to evaluate how good a pale ale is because like, it's like so subtle. And I'm like, ah, this is has slightly less subtle notes of that and slightly subtler notes of this. It just tastes like a... It tastes like a good version of a not very interesting beer. Ouch. I mean, it's it's fine, but it's <laughs> High like... High praise. Yeah, it's just like, it's a pale ale. It's not going to be that good. I mean, is there anyone on earth whose favorite beer style is pale ales? Probably people who are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it could be a good gateway beer for, uh, you know... Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Some of these are probably too much. Maybe in the olden times, it would have been more interesting. Probably. Before you get like crazy fucking beers out there. Yeah. Some of which we'll have later today. So this book is, uh, it's, it's old, like 1990 or something like that, 91. It's, it's been around for a while. And I was surprised because every time I hear about this book, I just 1990. hear. Yeah. Okay. I just hear, this is a Neil Gaiman book. Cool. I did not know that Terry Pratchett also wrote it. Yeah, they apparently. And it feels way more like a Terry Pratchett book than a yeah. Neil Gaiman book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Having not only read snippets of Terry Pratchett. I've only read um, the first Discworld book. Hmm. Which I liked, but this this definitely felt so it's more like, like his style. Fantasy Douglas Adams. Well, yeah. this is this is okay. That's not bad uh, way to say it. It's also because it's really silly, and we should really talk about this at the end, not the beginning. But because it's like way sillier than other Neil Gaiman books. Yeah, Neil Gaiman books are generally not silly. Yeah, but they're not. They have. They're not overly serious, but yeah. they're not silly. But this they're was not slapstick like, the whole. This time. was like a satire silly True. the whole time. This was just Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy with Angels and Demons. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Apocalypse. Yeah, hmm. basically. There you go. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I thought it was really funny and, and like totally worth reading. But anyway, let's talk about more what actually happens in the thing. So, okay, we got a whole bunch of things going on, but the main part is that the main characters of the book are an angel and a demon. And, and one no is... No Robert Langdon. No, <laughs> no Robert Langdon. No symbology. Thank uh, God. <laughs> Uh, so the the main the main main character is a demon. His name is Crowley, who was literally the snake in the Garden of Eden, but he was called Crawley at that time. <laughs> but uh, he is now called Crowley because now he's you know updated thousand years old, and he he's four thousand and four years old. He is exactly he's four thousand four years old, and he like drives a ba- he's humanoid form, or is it six thousand and four? Six thousand six, I think. No, something like that. Yeah. Anyway, there's a that is actually mentioned in the book. Yeah, the how Arch, everyone, Archbishop all Usher. All stuff is wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, Archbishop they, Usher, who was also wrong, but by approximately 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> the guy said the Earth is 6,000 years old, yeah. and they dated it to like September 21st, 3:42 in the afternoon, yeah, and he was, was out by 15 minutes. By approximately 15 minutes. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, he's like technically a human, but he has like kind of snake eyes, and his and his feet look like he's a demon in boots. human form. Yeah, he's a demon in human form, but He's a really like interesting, funny demon because 
they talk about in the very this is one of the or first scenes of the book where he talks about you know the things he's done as a demon to like turn people to the oh, devil yeah. and the other devils are like he's way more did really modernist. evil stuff and Crowley no, the other made de- the other demons the, were like I tempted a priest in like, ten years I'm gonna get hours <laughs> yes in ten years and Crowley says. I made all the mobile phones stop working from 12 to 12.45 on a Wednesday. In the middle of London. Yeah, in the middle of London. And everyone's like, what? He's like, you know how angry that's going to make people? And they're going to take it out on their secretaries, (laughs) or they're going to take it out on their husbands, who take it out on their children. Like, the, the, the... Exponential dividends of this. Yeah, the older and, demons and have no and that's taste the very, for like, that. Funny satire of this whole thing is very much like that. He also says he uh, uh, there's a road that goes around London. I forget M twenty five, but it's, it makes a uh, he made it into a demon a sigil. Yeah, yeah, a demon glyph from an old dead language. But he, so every time people drive on it, you're spelling out you know like hail Satan or something like in that. in an old dead language. Yeah. <laughs> so people are essentially. It, it, it reminds me a little bit of American Gods. That, that little snippet there. I don't know who which of the two authors came up with this, but in American Gods, how the, the old gods had to find clever ways to make people still worship them. Oh, yeah. yeah it's true. Them. Yeah. And so here's another kind of example of that. Uh, other funny thing. So the plot revolves around literally the end of the world. Which is like that, next week. Yeah. So anyway, when... Um, but we have this counterpart beer because it's based around the two characters. The two characters. Because then, then there's the angel. His name is... Aziraphale. Aziraphale. And he, I think I took that when I was sick once. That sounds like a medication. You did, yeah. <laughs> it cures gout. <laughs> and so they, those two guys, the, like the, the angel named Aziraphale and the demon Crowley, they're like friends. They like hang out. And they like... They, know, they start off as like frenemies. But in the end, you know, they, they spend all a lot of time on Earth together. Yeah. So they just kind of... That's and, all they have. And like Crowley likes it. And both of like Crowley like likes it on Earth, and when it's the when this word comes out, it's like oh yep no the Antichrist is about to be born, the world's going to end in approximately eleven years. He's like oh shit because they've grown to like Earth. Yeah, they mm-hmm. like life there because it, it opens up with the Garden of Eden and Crow- Crowley saying ooh you know, I guess you know that's what happens happens, <laughs> and then it jumps ahead to the Antichrist has been born and they have to switch the babies to uh, further their Armageddon agenda. Because mm-hmm. both heaven and hell are rearing to go. It's yeah. prophecy, it must happen. And they're in charge of making sure that it does happen. But because it's a goofy book, they fuck it up. They fuck it up. Speaking of which, they, they fuck it up with a little bit of mischief. Ooh. And this is called Mischief from The Brewery. It is a hoppy Belgian-style ale that is 8.5% alcohol. The brewery is in, does that say placenta? It probably doesn't. It says Placentia. Oh, okay. You can read Placentia, California. I don't... Oh, well, yeah, speaking, of, speaking of births. <laughs> <laughs> Double win. <laughs> so this uh, is one that we... I have high hopes for this. We... we <laughs> two of us got by accident. <laughs> we had like... Oops. It's all right. You might see this one on another episode. Mischief is pretty applicable. Yeah, we'll find a way. It's not the best Belgian I've had, but it's pretty good. It is. It tastes like a Belgian IPA. That's oh, tasty. It's got that kind of because that pale ale kind of doesn't taste like much. No. I don't know what coriander is except in the context of Belgian ales. <laughs> Isn't it the seed of? Um, it's one of those cilantro? ones that comes like a grinder, something like that. Yeah. So like, do people have the same visceral reaction to coriander as they do to cilantro? Well, most people are wrong. Cilantro is. It's like a genetic thing. Yeah, it is a genetic thing. Like to some people, it tastes like soap. Yeah. It, so so Crowley has to take the Antichrist, which is like just an infant to a hospital because he has to, like, switch the Antichrist baby with a baby that's just been born. 
but he hands it off to these nuns that run the hospital that happen to be Satanists. A, Satanists. They're like Satanist nuns. But they like, but they, like mu- don't they even like know it. Yammer on and no, on. They and know, on. they know it, but he said they're um they're like the children of Satanists, so they're really not that into it. It's something you're born into, and they don't really yeah. care <laughs> really, about it. So like, really like, oh, like, haha, Satan, but I'm like, whatever. So anyway, they, so they screw up switching the baby. Because there's a third baby. Yeah. And they like... Because somebody had two... They were like two different mothers. It's like the cup under... It's like the ball and, under the cups, yeah. and then they end up switching the wrong baby, and... and anyway, the, so yeah. the Satanist nun is like, oh, that's the Antichrist. Oh, he's so cute. I'm going to... Count his hoofy woofies. It's like really like very, it was like very, very funny. Uh, the real Antichrist ends up growing up in a like very regular British household. Tadfield, England. In Tadfield. Meanwhile, that the baby that everyone, that all the angels and demons thinks is the actual Antichrist is also it, living with the family that he's supposed to be living with. But they like, both they like send an angel to be an angel and a demon to like be a nanny. He's and the gardener he's a child of the cultural attache to Greece or something like that. So he's like got this elaborate, you know, well bred childhood and he's super fancy. Yeah. And they, they, they basically pl- at this point they both don't want the earth to end. There's like there's like a there's like a nanny who's actually sent by the devil and he's trying to like teach the child at how all to be points the devil. In his life, and then he there's has a, got conflicting Tutors. And, and then and then there's a gardener who's actually like an angel because he just walks into the garden and everything just grows around him. <laughs> and meanwhile, the baby like doesn't care. They're like trying to teach him to be the devil. And he's just like, what? I'm six. I don't, well, I don't that, get it. I, I, was it? Maybe I misinterpreted, but Crowley and Aziraphale both... They don't know. They don't want the earth to end at this point. Yeah. So they're like, what if we just taught it equally and just kind of see what happens yeah, that's rather what than mm-hmm. like just really kind of go at it? But, but yeah. also, they're teaching the wrong baby. Yeah, they don't they're know that they, the they, until he's eleven. Baby. They think like he's fine, but then Crawler's like, "Hey, he doesn't seem that antichristy. He just <laughs> seems kind of normal." And he's, the other angels is like, "Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. we're just you know, who are we to talk?" Because he's always concerned with the ineffability of the divine plan. It was like it's it's so incredible because I had to click on that word many times <laughs> to define <laughs> it. Ineffable. It was like, it's so grand, you cannot be expressed. And it was like, okay, yeah, I guess, sure, let's just roll with it. He's God. He's (laughs) never been wrong. And they find out he's the wrong baby. He's the wrong, but you find that out later. At his birthday party. Yes, at his 11th birthday party, when the hound, or the... the, Oh, yes, he gets a a hellhound sent to him to be his companion at 11. But literally, Crowley's there at the birthday party, like, the hound hasn't shown up. He got released, but he's not showing up here. What just happened? Got the wrong baby. Yeah, he got the wrong baby. That's when they realized that the wrong. But literally, the world only has like three days left at that point. Yeah, they're midweek. Yeah, so they're they're basically the last week on Earth. It's when they're like, "Oops, wrong baby." You know what wouldn't be wrong? Well, would or wouldn't? <laughs> you know what would not be wrong? Could it be beers? It could be beers. It's probably beers. This is called Geyser Gosa, an ale brewed with Icelandic mass. This is called Moss. Too oh, evil. Sorry, I can't fucking read. This Moss. Too evil. Herbs, too evil kelp, and sea salt. Holy shit, this sounds fucking... Kelp? Okay, I actually didn't read the description. I just looked at who made it. It's, it's from Two Roads and Evil Twin, so it's called Too Evil, like the number two. Yeah. Uh, though Two Roads actually brewed all, brews a lot of Evil Twins beer, actually. I don't want to... Ever this, have this, Icelandic this, moss. So this is flavored this with is, real mermaid him. pubes. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Fresh from King Triton's taint. Chin up, gentlemen. And kelp? 
that tastes like regular sour beer. I was expecting sperm whale jizz, like aquatic terror. Double sperm? <laughs> it's, I mean, it's pretty it sour. like every other sour beer. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't taste I mean, different. Yeah, kelp right. doesn't really have a flavor. It's kind of just like a wet cabbage. It has a flavor. It definitely Sweet has cabbage. an effect it on your like, fucking asshole. It tastes like wet. <laughs> wet gas pellets. Then you're going to come out the other end. I was expecting this to taste like a Lovecraftian horrible thing. <laughs> this would be Cthulhu the beer. <laughs> Cthulhu's piss. It tastes like a Moss, herbs, kelp, sea salt, sourness. Just like, it drives you mad. It's so sour. But no. It stares back into you. It's not bad. It's all right, yeah. It's okay, yeah, it's fine. Well, the, Sour beer. The result is actually, I feel like all those special crazy ingredients are for, for nothing. Well, I mean, all the special ingredients, they're, they're kind of salty-ish. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the fuck Icelandic moss tastes like, but it doesn't taste like a spring day. I heard recently that there's no grass in Iceland. Someone might have been fucking making that shit because up Because it's just covered in permafrost? They have, no, Iceland is pretty verdant. In the summer. But I think they have moss all over the goddamn place. I, be- I believe that. It's basically where fairies actually now, live, so I'm going to go with that. It's probably true. Anyway, so a different plot line in the book. So there's are there's many plot lines. The Agnes subtitle Butters. of the book, which is the nice and accurate prophecies of Agnes Nutter, comma witch. Right, she's the only prophet who actually made real predictions like that were re- accurate. That, that that were accurate. They're really accurate, but they were too specific for anyone to understand until after they took place. Because she didn't understand what she was seeing, so she was describing things in terms she could think of. She didn't know what a radio and just wrote was. it down. Yeah, so. It's almost like all prophecies. When you read the prophecy and then you look backwards, you can go, oh, this is a prophecy about that thing. But they still didn't really know what was going to happen in the future. Even though the book literally told like everything that was going to happen for the next 400 years, they just had no way to decipher it. And she she, she even predicted that she would be burnt at the stake as a witch. She understood that part. I forget and so the, she packed her yeah, with like shrapnel and with gunpowder and nails. <laughs> <laughs> so when they burned her at the stake, it also killed everyone who burned her at the stake. Yeah. It's just pretty fucking badass. It's pretty sweet. It's pretty awesome. It's a good uh, way to go. All things anyway, considered. And just, you know, <laughs> in, if you're speaking British, <laughs> you call someone a nutter, that means they're crazy. Right. But yeah, they have so different that's words kind of that are joke. stupider. Yep. So she's written this book, and now there's like her descendant, which like a anathema device. Anathema device. That's a ridiculous name. It's an absurd name. That sounds like a robot who's in porn. Yes, that's a porn robot name. Yeah, mm. porn bot. A porn bot. Yes. So it bounces around between several points of view, whether it be Crowley, Aziraphale, anathema device, or or Adam, or Adam, who's who is who's the, the, actual the actual Antichrist, Antichrist. who's just living it up. Mm-hmm. In Tadfield, he doesn't even know his powers right away. No, he just has him, and he's got a small gang of uh, other small British children. What do they call them them. They call or them they them. Or something like that. Yeah. His gang is the them. Because <laughs> the everyone right now is like, oh, you know, it's them. And also the uh, the witch hunters. Yep. Who at the when they and first there's, appeared, there's literally I didn't like one guy on the British payroll because there aren't is, any witches left. Who is a witch hunter? But he just ha- and he's being paid like. 12 pence, you know, yes. but the same price, the same salary they get in the 1600s. very seriously. Yeah. And it, everything is says was written in phonetic Scottish. <laughs> so you're not 100% sure what the fuck he's talking about the whole time. So, is it the Witch Hunter General or something like that? Does he have like a fucking... He's a Witchmaster Sergeant or something. That's, yeah. Because everyone else is dead and he's got a, like a lesser title, <laughs> but no one's there to promote him or some shit. Shadwell. And he recruits a recruit. And that's... Is there a And his name is... Newton. Newton Pulsiver. 
Yeah, he's oh, got a ridiculous name. That. Yeah, Pulsifer. I remember that. And I didn't like their whole entire plot line. But we'll get yeah, to that at the end. Yeah. At the end. Also sort of sprinkled throughout is the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Yes, it mm-hmm. also bounces to the Four Horsemen. But you're never you're not sure exactly until it gets a little bit into it. You're like, who is this person? Yeah. It starts with like War, who's just a woman they call Red. But she's like a... Um, she's an arms dealer. Well, she becomes she, a journalist. She's like a war correspondent. But oh, wherever she, she, she gets goes, there, yeah. wars start. Yes, not an arms dealer. My bad. No, she was an arms dealer, but she got bored of that. Oh, right. Okay. To do it being an arms dealer for a couple centuries, she was just bored of doing that. So she became a war correspondent. Instead. And also uh, Famine, who is a guy who writes diet craze books. Yep, he's a <laughs> dietitian. And people and get fast food tycoon. Yes. It's nutritionless fat food. Yeah. And then they're... Um, Pollution. Because, because pestilence, pestilence retired because he... Penicillin. Uh, penicillin came about and he's like, I'm done. And he left. Can't compete with that. And death is also a character, but he's less involved and only speaks in all capitals in everyone's mind. <laughs> and they're a motorcycle gang because I, horses are old news. I like when they meet the real, the like, other motorcycle gang that kind of joins them. That are called the Hell's Angels. Right. Yes. And they... And they're like, but no, they're we're like the Hell's Angels. Dudes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's a famous motorcycle gang. Yeah, but they yeah. were saying, we are actually Hell's Angels. <laughs> and they're like, no, we're Hell's Angels. And they want to be hell, uh, horsemen of lesser things. Uh, one guy's like the horseman of stepping in dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> it wasn't like the horsemen of stubbing your toe. Yeah. Like they were horsemen of like really stupid like, things. But yeah. Foreign people. And they keep like, <laughs> especially the French. <laughs> and they keep changing their mind. Like, I want to be the horseman of blah, blah, blah. And they'd say another stupid thing. It's just another way to get more jokes in. Yeah. It's mostly jokes. I really They're like only side characters. Stubbing and dog shit. It's pretty fucking <laughs> funny. Uh, and they just kind of like follow along as lackeys. For mm-hmm. one chapter before they all die in a motorcycle accident. Right. Yeah. <laughs> But it was pretty funny. Yeah, Beer? Oh, yeah. 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 So it's his 11th birthday. Adam. Adam. That is Adam, Adam's 11th birthday. And uh, that is the prophesized time. And it's like, hey, he's ripe for the picking. By Gun Hill Brewing Co. It's a fruited sour IPA made with uh, passion That fruit. implies that it was fruited after the fact. Yes, I guess. I don't know. Or during, I guess. But it's like a sour, and they fruited it. It's a fruited sour <laughs> IPA with apricot. I've never heard fruit, fruit as a verb, but oh. to fruit. It smells fruity. I, mean, I bought a four-pack of this just because it was on sale. I was like, that works. It's going to work for something because it's on sale. <laughs> Here we are. You know, I think I've reached a point in this where like sour beers are more acceptable yeah. to my palate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Also, I feel like maybe they're not as sour as they always were. I feel like the first like, first wave were like actually sour. So when we started first drinking sour beers on the podcast, they were just we just happened to pick the most intensely sour things that are out I mean, there. I, I had them outside of this podcast as well. Like, oh, is it, how about this thing? It's a mm-hmm. sour beer. I was like, okay, and I tried it. It was like this feels like the worst. But maybe Do you think we're just used to it now. I feel like we're used we to it, but also that they're not just like sour, like actually sour. They're There's other more, stuff. In they're there. more. They're more. Palatable to they're people. They're tart. And they're not sour. They're tart. But like, the first ones felt like someone was punching me in the mouth with sour, like a warhead almost. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, could could we have developed some sort of uh, beer Stockholm syndrome, and now we're cool with it? Beer home syndrome, uh, sour home syndrome. Uh, we, we're yes. now, you know, I, I now think sour beers are okay. I I, I, wore, I, I feel like it's, I feel like it's the chicken or the egg thing. Anyway, I really like this beer. It's it is definitely bad. sour. It's definitely tart. It but was, I like it. It was a pure impulse buy. I was at Total Wine in, uh, well, not, 
the craft beer, whatever the fuck it's called, beer mark, and New York beer mark. Beer Emporium. It's in Westchester. Not Westchester. Not Westbury. Westbury. Excuse me. Yeah. And it's it's like the beer Costco, and it was just by the checkout. It was on sale. It's five dollars for a four pack. These are sixteen ounce fuck, cans. Just get like, them whatever, no matter what like, they. Are. I don't care what it is. It was like <laughs> this is Nazi jizz. Brown ale, <laughs> <laughs> flavored with real turd, <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, <laughs> five bucks, okay. It's like, ooh, I'm not gonna say no. Each can has its own cob of corn in it. I would have <laughs> still got it. I'm like, hey, you know, I'll try one, <laughs> I, and I, I'll save one for the podcast. I, I, Barely any lead. I think the Nazi jizz would be a white ale. Oh, for sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or a red ale. One of the two. It's no. Like, <laughs> oh. But I, I, I would, I would buy any four sixteen ounce cans for five bucks. That's absurd. Unless it's like Bud, I would probably if it was like That's a craft still too beer. expensive. <laughs> yeah, it's like too high. But for any other craft beer, I'm like, oh, I'll try yeah. that out. Hundred percent. Because for five bucks, sometimes That's like, less I, than we've one. Had that's plenty, less than one can. We've had plenty of things where it's like thirteen dollars for one fucking can, yeah. and we dumped most of it out because they were shit. Yeah, if they're really good, we drink them and regret pretty, it the next day. Pretty solid. I spent. Twenty-five dollars on one of those on the worst beer. Was we it the fucking pastrami beer? Cigar, no, it was the Cigar City one we had on. Oh, Marshall Zukov. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was an expensive beer. It was like the worst. It was like twenty-five dollars. No, beer we ever had for, was either the pastrami one or the basil salad one. Those they were both the same episode. <laughs> no, 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 that was okay, the same no. day. Same day. Yeah, I mean, right. month. People know that we record more than one. No one fucking cares. No, no, no one does. <laughs> but this is authentic. I spent a lot of money on a beer that ended up not being good at all. I've done that many, many times in my regular life and for the podcast yeah. as well. But for five bucks for a four pack, I would get just about anything. Yeah, it's 100%, a win. 100%. Yeah, mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. And it's actually not bad. I was like, oh, I picked it up and it was like, whatever. I think it's like, they're like, this is probably going to go bad soon because it didn't sell. So let's just move it off the floor. But fuck it, it's a sour beer. Those don't really go bad. You know, like, how could you tell? More sour. It's, it's like, you know, how's there an expiration date on sour cream? Like those kind of jokes. Why do you drive on a parkway and you park in a driveway? Oh. Yeah. Waka waka. Hey, tip the waiters. But seriously, I was like, it's a sour beer. I'm sure it's fine. Who gives a fuck? I actually really like this beer. It's pretty solid. I'll give it that. Also, it's liquid. (laughs) Apricot is what I'm getting from this. So I don't really remember much else, honestly. So you just. So there kind of isn't much else except for the battle for the end of the world. But it was silly. It's all. It didn't really matter. Jokey. It's uh, It's like basically like on the day that is the end of the world, like. Aliens come down and they like There's try like and take over men, like yeah. nuclear power plants and uh, anathema uh, finally fucks Newton Pulsiver. Like literally, there's a um, there's a prophecy in the book in Agnes Nutter's book that says you will meet you will meet like the love of your life or something like that. And it happens to be this really nerdy guy who just answered an ad and got a job with the Witchfinder Army. <laughs> he's he's. Even the second Witchfinder. Witch he's because there's Sergeant Shadwell, and then there's this dude. Anyway, they like go around, they're like driving around. He like flips his car, and anyone they end up getting together, and they end up preventing the apocalypse. Yeah. And uh, this is a beer that relates in a way. It's called. It's from Kent Falls Brewing Company. It's called Some Vague Reassurance. Everything's going to be all right. It's an imperial. It says imperial. Pale ale, six percent alcohol. Oh, that means what the fuck does that mean? That's pretty vague. That's like calling Luxembourg an empire. It's imperial, six percent. To have delusions of beer grandeur. <laughs> what do you think of this beer? This imperial pale ale. It's 
I, it I tastes, honestly don't know what to say. It has a slightly stronger flavor than a regular pale ale. It's got an interesting silky feeling to it, though. It's nice. Honestly, it's, it's, it's pretty good, but it is not, there's nothing like super intense about it, but it's, like if I drank this, I would feel like I just had a pleasant experience and didn't really drink anything. It's certainly better than the counterpart pale ale we had earlier. Yeah, that was, you know, pale ales are generally bullshit. But this is a pale ale. I mean, they call it an imperial pale ale, but... I don't know what that means. It, I don't know it, if it I, means I, anything. That, might, that has to be a joke. It might be a it joke. It has to be like satire about that's, that's the That's very on point with this drink. Yeah. This, bu- bu- this book. This book. I think that's what it is. I don't know. I mean, it's... it's Honestly, it's all right. I'm, I'm, I'm down with it. But it's yeah, funny how, like, it. the beer has, like, a subtitle. Some vague reassurance. Yeah, that everything's going to be right. right it's like a super dumb title on a ridiculous style. It's got to be a joke. Well, Ken Falls, if you want to sponsor the podcast, we'd be happy to, you know, talk about your answer. We haven't had a lot, but I'm sure we'd have at least one other Ken Falls. We have one more beer still for this stupid book. Oh, God. I mean, it's it's still a good book. It's very fun. It is good. And you know what? It's going to be a show. What is it? Hulu? Hulu. BBC and Hulu? It's David Tennant. Definitely looking forward to it. One of your guys, one of my favorite guys, <laughs> me, my, me, my bros, David Tennant, Tennant's he's, doctor. He, he's Crowley. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it's it, it a whole bunch of famous people in it, right? It's got a lot of people in it. Yeah, I think I feel like they've definitely changed it from the book. Well, um, because they, they all the previews show characters that don't exist in this book. So uh, I'm sure they updated it a little bit because it's a 30 years old. Yeah, it's it's a li- it's a little dated sometimes. Like literally, they're talking about like floppy disks on their com- up to date computers, and yeah. you know the. They're like ancient cell phones. But like that's having not... a cell phone was I mean, a luxury car kind of phone. Yeah. Car oh phones. man, car phones. But that but that's that's not terribly difficult to just update a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna but I feel like they just changed it in other ways. Well, I was just reading... to, you know, make it long enough for a... it's not a series, it's like a mini series, I guess, well, probably. Well Terry Pratchett died a couple years ago. Yeah, I don't know when two, he died. two or three years ago, something like yeah, that. He died. Not, long. not that terribly long ago, he croaked. Um Neil Gaiman's still alive and doing well. They was had Terry Pratchett old or sick? He was older. Old. He was old. I mean, he wasn't like a hundred, but he was probably old he was in his seventies, I guess. Hmm. Um, they Neil Gaiman and Pratchett had at one point discussed writing a sequel. It was going to be Better six, Omens six six eight, the Neighbor of the Beast, or something stupid <laughs> like that. Was <laughs> uh, that's what I read on Wikipedia and somewhere else. I was like, that can't be real. Someone's fucking. <laughs> well, they're citing Wikipedia, so it's probably it's just, yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, this the cyclical nature of Wikipedia citations, but there was talk, they had kind of sketched out or discussed a sequel, and then were planning on writing it at some point, some vague point, but then Neil Gaiman moved to the States. Mm. I think he I think he lives in like the Midwest somewhere, I feel. He like. moved to hmm. fucking like Minnesota or something Amanda like that. Palmer or the fuck, probably. Who, what? His wife, Amanda Palmer. I don't know who that is. She's a weird musician. Oh, cool. She was um, one half of the... Uh, His marriage. Yes, that and some other music group that's quite well known, but I can't remember who they are right now. Slater Kinney. <laughs> no, not Slater Kinney. That's the girl from Portlandia. She's in that? Yeah. Oh, she's, wow. She's the uh, guitar singer of Slater Kinney. Oh, wow. Man Palmer was in um, something else, something equally. I can't believe you fucking knew that. <laughs> I'm looking it up on Wikipedia right now. I want to say like Violent Femmes, but I know it's not that. The Violent Femmes was dudes, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it's some other fucking band that's like, oh, them. But Amanda Palmer was and still she's well known in her own right now. Okay, uh so literally I found Amanda Palmer. Amanda 
Palmer, uh, sometimes known as Amanda fucking Palmer. Oh, it shit. It literally says that right there. <laughs> that sounds about right. an American singer, songwriter, musician, author, and performance artist who is the lead vocalist, pianist, and lyricist for the duo The Dresden Dolls. Dresden oh, Dolls. Oh, I've yeah, heard yeah, that yeah. name. Yeah, yeah that's I, what it was. I think I've tried to listen to that in college. And yeah, it's, like, not, not, it's not, not my thing. thing. No. I don't like Amanda But Palmer it either. literally says, sometimes known as Amanda fucking Palmer. <laughs> That's how you know you edit your own Wikipedia page. A pretty sweet agnomen there. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, so once... One other thing. Oh, please. Back to Neil Gaiman's page. Gaiman is married to songwriter and performer Amanda Palmer, with whom he has an open marriage. Oh my okay. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Uh, on November, nice. uh, they were married on the announced their engagement on January 1st, 2010. On tomorrow's end, Amanda Palmer hosted a non-legally binding flash mob wedding for Gaiman's birthday yeah, in New Orleans. Right. Okay, yeah. this is just getting weirder and weirder. This, is this all real? She, wedding took place yes. in the parlor of writers Alette Walden and Michael Chabon. Okay, you what? know what? This is like turning into word salad. This whole, <laughs> whole Neil Gaiman page. This can't be real. There's a whole section called litigation. This is this is one of the weirdest. I'm He's not a the weird w- guy. This is not Neil and Gaiman Amanda Palmer is twice strange. as weird as him. He has a, uh, he has a know, very very strange Wikipedia page. I'll do you know that, that masterclass that thing? He, yeah, I've, I've there's seen. There's a Neil Gaiman one yeah. about writing, and he just he has a weird kind of you know Britishy uh, lilt accent, but it kind of sounds like uh, Hans Gruber. What was that guy's name? Uh, Alan Rickman. Yeah, like an Alan Rickman kind of voice. And he's like, your second draft is when you pretend everything you did is what you intended. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Sure, that makes sense, Neil. You're fucking crazy, dude. <laughs> but goddamn, do you, can you write? You know what wouldn't be crazy? Uh, this is a... Uh, this is a, Here's your chance, Threes Brewing, to redeem yourself. A different Threes Brewing beer. Was that from the same episode? Oh, right, Counterpart. Double Threes. That's six. Six. Six, 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 six. The devil. Illuminati confirmed. And we had six beers for this episode. Holy shit, guys. Fuck we me. We may have just summoned hole. it. And we didn't even plan that. We just. It just came to be. It just happened. We just summoned a Crowley. We're too evil. Um, this is the exception that proves the rule. A new world lager. What the fuck does that mean? I have fucking no idea. It smells like not much at all. It has a bit of a, you know, a little weedy. Not weedy, but there's a bit of a grainy taste. Wheat to it. or weed? Wheat. There's a bit of a, you know, a little bit of uh, malt in there. Yeah, a little bit. Uh-huh. It's not super know. involved. Grassy kind of flavor, I get. But in a good way. Not like yeah, a not lawnmower weedy, bag. Not weedy grassy. It's, it's not like you opened grassy. up a lawnmower bag and just chewed on it. No. This is a pretty solid, uh, solid beer. Um, so the book ends, and like, of course, shit's averted. Well, there's a whole they, they we skipped the oh yeah, we skipped the entire ball. That's right. Sorry, they I got distracted in, by basically our they sneak into a military base that's a nuclear launch facility. And they're trying to launch all the nukes, and then they don't because Adam basically Adam the Antichrist says, "You know what? I don't feel like it. I don't really want Earth is pretty all right. I, I don't really want to do this. I really think everything is just fine because you know he didn't grow up with the influence, and he was just like." He just works as a regular kid. He kind of likes it. He's like, yeah, sure, whatever. This is great. Let's not blow everything up right now. And the higher up angels and devils appear, and they're like, you got to do this. Like, I don't really have to. And they say, shit, I guess not, maybe. Yeah. And then Aziraphale is just like, even though he's in the body of another person because he got exercised in a other subplot, says, you know, maybe this is part of the ineffable plan. Like, this is a test for us. And everyone's just like, yeah, God never really answers any questions. He just kind of smiles at you and just doesn't ever say anything. <laughs> That's it. The end. 
Yep. The world doesn't end. Oh, there's also a sequel to the book, right? Uh, more Prophecies or some shit? She gets another book of prophecies. But she won't read them. Uh, yeah, She's like, uh, Anathema Device is like, I don't want to read those. It's going to fuck me up. I mean, it's tight. Everything's tight, tight, neatly Every, tied there's up. A, there's like a yeah. billion characters that all have a small plot to play, and it all comes together. To me, it just kind of felt messy. Like, it's tight in the end, but it's kind of loose throughout. It's like a too many cooks kind of situation, you think? No. No, I don't think it's that. I don't know. I feel like it's a, it's, it's a, it's a great idea that was, as you know, as you said about the Neil Gaiman thing, is like you named a second draft. Hmm. Like, they had a great idea that was, like, really interesting. Like, oh, it, and if they had done it differently. Like, I thought the whole witch hunter thing, the whole, if they just eliminated those guys in general, it would have been a lot better. I, I think, thought they were unnecessary in every way. I, I think that having two authors for a book is a strange thing. Yeah. Especially if they don't always work together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, They're not the Russo brothers or the Wachowskis. You know, Neil Gaiman met Terry Pratchett when Neil Gaiman was like writing an article for some, you know, magazine or something and had to interview him and they kind of hit it off and like, let's write a book together. And they produced this. And this is pretty early for Neil Gaiman. He didn't, mm-hmm. have, he, yeah. he didn't have much more before this. I think either one of the two authors would have made a more like conclusive They would have product. made a better version of their own version of these. Yeah. Like Neil Gaiman's would have been uh, more serious. A little more heady. Yeah. And Terry Price's... A little more, more pretentious. Perhaps, yeah. But, but not in a necessarily bad way. Just in his, in his style. Well, more serious, perhaps. So yeah. More American godsy. Whereas Pratchett would have made something even goofier. Yeah. Like way and more. it was pretty goofy already, but... This felt way more like a Pratchett book than a Gaiman book. But also, I guess it's because Neil Gaiman was the under-author in this. Even yeah. though when you hear about it nowadays, everyone just says Neil Gaiman. In, well, in 1990, in 1990 Terry Pratchett was the much bigger writer. Yeah, definitely. Most sure. likely. Neil Gaiman was young. In 1990, was he in his mid-20s or something like that? He couldn't have been that old. He, he was even, not yet... 30? How old is Neil Gaiman now? He's not that old. Is he 60? Late, later 50s? Oh, okay, born 1960. Okay, so he's... 50, so in 1990, he was 30. He's, he's 59. Yeah. He's 59 right now. Yeah, 58 or 59, depending on his birthdays. Yeah. So if he was born in 1960, he was like 28, 29 when they're writing this book. Terry Pratchett was like fucking 20 years older than that or something, like 15 years yeah. older than that, and much more established. Yeah, definitely. So that's why it feels probably more like a Terry Pratchett book yeah. than a Neil Gaiman book. But I, I think going back to the talk about the show earlier, nineteen forty-eight is when he was born. Oh, he's twelve years older, right? That's a significant difference in many at ways. At that age, there's yeah. a big difference between twenty-nine and forty-one. Well, you know, I have some friends that are fifteen to twenty years older than me that you know from work more or less. But people I know that we're you know, if we're in the same um, field status of life, you know, like that doesn't matter so much anymore. It's not yeah. like when you're twelve and someone's. 24. I mean, as a writer, it's a huge thing. But those if like, you're more, if you're te- if you have a decade of establishment over someone, yeah, I don't know when Discworld big. came out. It's some of the 80s, though, right? Earlier 80s, I want to say. I have no idea. Uh, Discworld's funny and goofy. And there's 11,000. It's the first Discworld. I, I read the first one and I thought it was fine. And then they were like, Do you want to read the other, you know, Goodreads? Like, what's next? Four Do you want to read the other? Discworlds. Every other one? I'm like, No, no, thank you. I'll get to number two eventually. We should definitely do a Discworld book on I've, the podcast. Not I've necessarily told, the first one, though. I've been told by a friend of mine who does listen to this podcast that for our next Christmas episode, we have to do Hogfather, <laughs> which is a Discworld Christmas book. I'm Would we that. get it? Huh? Would we get it I not feel having like read any of the it, yeah, Discworld books? Yeah, it's one of the standalones, like a I, side thing. I feel like it also I, does... Like, not only are they 
There's like the Discworld series. And then there's the... But there's like 17 the expanded, sub-series expanded universe. within each. So you'll look up at a book and I'll say, this is Discworld number 37, but it's Rincewald number nine. And it's yeah. Suck My Dick number two. And, 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 <laughs> the like, Hogfather stands alone. They overlap in their things. So they probably do the kind of the same thing that like Harry Potter does and all the other fantasy novels do where the first chapter, they fill you in really fast mm-hmm. on what you need to yeah. know to at least appreciate this enough to get it on its own. Yeah. The spinoff. And I'll check it out. But yeah. anyway, they had planned to write a sequel, started to write a sequel. Neil Gaiman went off to become a weird hipster in the Midwest, apparently. Some of that has been incorporated into the new the series? series, apparently. Hmm. Is he making a series? Uh, uh, he's involved in the Hulu Oh, the, uh, oh, the, 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 the movie series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, show series. Not like another book. But, you know, he's also talking, he's like, Neil Gaiman recently said, maybe last year, he's writing a sequel to America. He has ideas for a sequel to American Gods, a sequel to Neverwhere. Like he, I haven't read maybe only. I've only actually read like one or two Neil Gaiman books. Maybe one. I only read American Gods. Oh, most of the things I've been intending to read, like mm-hmm. the Sandman stuff, for a while. I, I got it. those. I want to. I can't read on the Kindle or something. Like, it's a comic, it's a comic book. book. You yeah. gotta like. Well, I heard those like those yeah. are his best stuff. I mean, that's his young. You got the young jizz in there. You know, that was do, like young jizz. No one likes old jizz. Depends what you're into. Yeah, worse. Is this book worth reading? It's fun. I would say yes. It is definitely worth reading. It's funny. And it's very... If you like British humor, then it's great. Very British. This is like the novel edition of a Monty Python skit sometimes. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a lot of gags, a lot of silly stuff. But I thought it was funny throughout. It's engaging. It's entertaining. The characters are funny. Yeah. Yeah, It's goofy. It's not not a serious thing. And, And going back to what we said before, like... A Neil Gaiman book kind of has like a little heavier edge to it. Yeah, sometimes. Whereas Terry Pratchett tends to be a little goofier and doofy. I, I, th- I thought this was, it was not as good as I thought it would be. But it's worth checking out. It's a fast enough read. I feel like the show could be better than this book was. Well, books I don't dated. know yet, but I feel like it has a bit it had like I feel like they could do a better job only because you can actually see it happening because there's so many characters, so many things happening at once, it can kind of just get jumbly. So I feel like maybe it could be easier in a visual medium. Fair enough. And the talented cast and shit, it'll be mm-hmm. you yeah. know cool production. I'm sure it'll be I'm sure it'll be a cool show. Yeah. Nonetheless. I think it'll be good. But all right. Tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkeyesbookclub at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DrunkEyesBC. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at DrunkEyesBookClub. And if you've listened this far, uh, I don't know what other kind of omens you need to leave us a review of at least five stars. You'd have to be a real nutter not to. And we are now a member of the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer, beer podcasters. So if you like us, why don't you check them out too? Thanks for listening. <laughs>